Greetings, true believers, and welcome to episode 880 of the Pull List Podcast, a bi-weekly show about comics, pop culture, and faith. It is I, Chris Poirier, and with me as always is the one, the only, Hexer. How's it going, my dude? Well, technically, uh, this podcast now qualifies for AARP, so you know, <laughs> we good. <laughs> we're getting senior discounts on this black friday <laughs> we, we started um, at the bottom now we're having early bird specials for dinner um <laughs> dinner at 4 30 you know it's good that it's getting dark outside around five o'clock because bedtime is very close thereafter uh i'm good <laughs> yeah no it's good because it, this is year four of this and we're closing us out so yeah i, I guess we got to jump right into it so strap yourselves and prepare yourselves for we've got comic sign. Gotta put the word out. Get ready for the nerd out. Gotta put specs on. Gotta bring next on. I caught handsome checks for my expansion sets. They call me Obi Wan. Act like you know me, son. On today's episode of the Pull List, we do have a magical holiday special for you and that is to say that it's the end of the season and we're going to go over all of 2022 yeah we know there's another month left but we take a break in december and all of that so that we can catch our sanity and or something i don't know we we take a break though because it do be hard out here in these comic book streets but we're going to revisit the 2022s we're going to talk a little bit about what we enjoyed throughout the year um we're going to also kind of talk about the things that we didn't because you know, we, we got to balance it out respectfully, respectfully. respectfully. We're going to respectfully discuss how um, some things didn't go so hot this year. Um, so, yeah, this is the Polis podcast. <laughs> hey, we're back because you didn't miss anything. Wow. I know. Right. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Audio is a great format, isn't it? I mean, I know those of you watching us on YouTube probably just got something or a transition or whatever, but here we are. Um, 2022. Wow. It happened. <laughs> I feel like that. I feel like that's the official mascot of uh, 2022 is the shoulder shrug. Like 2022. <laughs> yeah, the years before were definitely the dumpster fire, like going down the river in the middle of town that wasn't there a year ago. And 22. So, so a, a, a mess shoulder shrug is, you know, it's an improvement, right? <laughs> it's a step, it's a step forward. And, but to be fair, um, to be looking, looking at 2022 and things that occurred, we started getting in earnest. Most of our in-person comic cons and conventions back. Um, so, I'm, I'm leaving for one as soon as this is over. <laughs> see, and the year's not even over. And Hector's like, I got to go do this table thing. Um, and we're already looking at shows for next year. And next year feels the most normal this early that it has in a while. So, you know, the, the dumpster fire got put out and we're we're working towards improvement. And that's good. Um, we also saw a year of comic books ebbing and flowing and all kinds of strange ways that, you know, during COVID pencils down stuff was just slow and weird this year. Technically the slate had returned. Um, but oops, <laughs> I don't know. I, I just, I'm still feeling like the overarching space is still kind of trending downward. 
and I hate saying that because I love it so much, but um, we laid out our best of show, our, you know, our magical holiday special, uh, tr- trademarked.biz, all that good stuff. Um, and I struggled in some of the categories, to be honest, um, because I was like, well, <laughs> best series actually was a challenge for me this year. Um, that said, it was really easy to come up with because I went back through my notes and there was only one comic that I think I talked about almost the entire year. Um, so spoiler alert, you probably already know if you've been watching or listening to the show. Um, so yeah, I guess I'll run the end credits and we can go. Um, <laughs> uh, just kidding. But yeah, so I, I don't know if you have any thoughts kind of on the the general year of review. Um 2022, man. What do, what do you think? How'd we do? How, how'd comics do? We I were feel, here. We're. I feel <laughs> like in a lot of ways, this was the year where um, companies were still trying to throw spaghetti at their refrigerator and see if it sticks. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> yeah, but it felt like more so that some of the companies uh, weren't even trying different noodles. they're just they throw the noodle it hit the fridge fall to the floor and just pick it up and try it again you're like like, oh all right let's like it's been three months let's restart this and see if anybody noticed this noodle still doesn't stick um i mean there was definitely some interesting stuff what happened (laughs) there was there we saw some old stuff come back we saw um things like eve return we saw um uh like what was it? Uh, the horror rock punk thing that I liked. Um, wow, bro. Golly. I can't remember. Something it's, pilots. Uh, homesick pilots. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> um, homesick pilots. It. Yeah. It, it came to a conclusion and it was a conclusion. It wasn't a bad. <laughs> and it ended. <laughs> it ended. It was good. I like, I would gladly own the whole story in one fell swoop. Um, you know, the me, you love in the dark, I think ended in 2022. Uh-huh. Um, and I loved that story, but I feel like that one kind of like crossed the years and everything. Um, uh, house by the lake house by the lake is still going. It's still going, but it's know. close to the end. I think there's one more issue maybe. Um, but it, yeah, it's the, I feel like there was a lot of good that started that didn't stick the landing. Yeah, I'm going to talk a little bit about that in some of my letdowns. <laughs> um, you know but, that thing that thing in uh what which uh Thor Ragnarok where Loki he's like I've been falling for 30 minutes or whatever. Um I I feel like some of these comics like started off so strong and they've just been like falling mm. for months. And when you have to wait a month at a time for a book, that's a long gap to wait for something to hit. Yeah, and like we talked about it before we started, but like Firefly, I really enjoyed the start of. And we talked about Firefly early and we talked about some of the specials and some of the pieces in between throughout the year. But like as a continuing ongoing series, it just. Meh. Well, you had Firefly, then you had all new Firefly and and I think the same goes across the board for both. Yeah. Like, and and like some specials. Like there were a lot of number ones this year. What's the other thing? Um, and yeah, that that's on that's on my that's on my list. But and there was just there was some really great things that also kind of got overshadowed by some of the longer running pieces. So like T 
the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Last Ronin. Like, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I just don't know if it made some of my top list for some of the things we're going to talk about today. But well, when you're so, only dealing with a four honorable issue, mention, when you're dealing with a four issue arc in the face of everything else, it's hard. Yeah, no, that's fair. Now, but then again, one of my top books is a four issue arc, but it literally felt like it took four years for it to come out. So. <laughs> and that was still a thing this year for sure. So, I mean, but that's one of the things we're seeing, though, especially with more of the the chunky adult black label esque books. Right. Like mm-hmm. like Rowan and stuff like that. They're not coming out even monthly. They're coming out quarterly. Right. Yeah. No. And, and we got to sit there and be like, do, 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 do. It's like I forget books existed in that three months. <laughs> like there's so many books that happen in that time span that I legit forget y'all even made a book. E serial serial uh storytelling is a thing. It it is either your best weapon or sometimes can definitely be that wait, we were doing a thing? We were doing a thing, weren't we? <laughs> um so yeah. I mean 2022 was but see it's for me it's not even a a, like a hand raised shrug yeah you're it's just the shoulders it's just the shoulders (laughs) 2022 doesn't get even the like moderate hand raise it gets just shoulders all right well i guess so that we can slowly find our way to the pinnacle of this mountain and bring some joy into this joyous holiday season special see i'm gonna try to mix all the magical words in as we go today because then we'll hit everything um so 2022 comic books we have four categories that we decided that we were going to address this year and they are not arbitrary in the least and that is to say that they are completely (laughs) arbitrary and so instead of delivering a top 10 etc we have mixed up categories and it feels like you know the comic book oscars and i should have envelopes but you know what youtube you're still new here and we're getting used to it okay good um but four categories and we're going to start off kind of starting at the bottom and then we're going to work our way up and we do want to talk about what were our biggest letdown or plural downs uh best plot concept because we read a bunch of comics that not necessarily the entire series is is interesting or even good but made us stop and go oh what and some are both mine was more of that that i have to in this category that I was like, this is really cool and I'm going to have to get back to it. Um, then we have biggest surprise because comics do that to us occasionally where we go, wouldn't have necessarily read something or we read something and went, that was pleasantly delightful. Um, or just completely off the wall. And then finally, we are going to give you in Hector and Chris's humble opinion, our best series of the year. And, So, yeah, we've got some comic books to talk about. And then to wrap up the show, Hector threw out to the Love Thy Nerd um, community kind of the same questions of, you know, what did you guys enjoy? Um, And we want to get to some of that listener input because, hey, we see you. Hector and I care about you. And so making it all magical. Yep. Finger guns. Finger guns. Finger guns. So that'll wrap up 2022 for us. So let's jump right in. Hector, in the first category of biggest letdown, 
What you got? Uh, I'm just gonna. This is gonna cover two books, <laughs> maybe just, just two, <laughs> two ongoing books. Yeah, but just um. So if you've listened to us for any breadth of time, mm-hmm. um, you've heard Chris and I talk about Daredevil and Daredevil's consistent goodness. Yep. Um, I, I'd still stand that even though I don't think Daredevil is at its peak right now, it is an interesting book right now, but it's not at yep. its peak. Um, even at Daredevil's lowest points, it was still good. Yes. And it's been the most consistently producing Marvel book. The crossover was the only time that I started going, ew, but I try not to hold crossovers against a primary creative team because usually that's editorial being like, hey, hey, fam, we got this thing. It has to be in your book. And, and they're and like, you, ugh. And you <laughs> see that. Uh, I think that was even in um, Nightwing where they even um, mm-hmm. referenced the fact that they were forced to do it like in the discussion. <laughs> Here we are. Um, but uh, for me, I think Chip Zdarsky has been consistently one of the best voices in comics in a hot minute. Yeah. And um, so the idea of him coming over to Batman like I was excited. I was like, so excited. And like the idea that we're going to get the best voice for Daredevil in a minute to take on the Dark Knight. I was like, mm-hmm. fantastic. Can't wait. Um, and we got an early taste of that with the Knight. Um, <clears throat> which again, not a bad series. But if you tell me, um, dude, it honestly feels like a lot of people's review of Black Adam. Um, that if you tell me somebody that's really passionate about something and highly qualified to do it, and then they deliver something that's kind of deadpan and like, meh, like the, (laughs) the rock, the rock has been working on black Adam for 15 years. You can trace the post back. They're there. Yeah. It's crazy. And for him to like, just smolder for two hours and not give a passionate, performance i think was the thing is like i think we could have just used a little more verbal rage in black adam would have been a movie same idea with chip zadarsky's batman work like it felt and like it, there it is it felt like it was uh all the framework was there all the foundation was there but it just felt like either stale concepts or either stale concepts or not willing to take big steps or it just, it just wasn't original. Like, so the night was literally a long, maybe eight issue run of, uh, Bruce Wayne training to become Batman. Now, Bruce Wayne training to become Batman is not something we've, you know, never seen before. Right. Like we've seen that, you know, done, for decades from Batman begins to like different comic books and stuff. Recently we've seen stuff with Ducard and people he trained. And so this was literally him approaching the different training people to become who they are. And then eventually uh, it turned into more of a also ghost maker begins story as well. And it's just like, while I thought the night was well done, I regret spending like $45 to read it. (laughs) Oof. And, and to be fair, I, I kind of like Batman. Darcy's Batman was close to being my my choice for for this category as well. But to be fair, to balance it out a little bit, the art team for this 
actually is really good. Oh, fantastic. And, and I feel like I have to Which is why it's even up. more disappointing that the only problem is Zdarsky. Yeah, you're like, oh, it's pretty. It's it like the tone of it is back to where I want it. Um, because we took like that little short 1990s um nostalgic <laughs> return in art style, and I was like, nah, I'm I'm actually okay and this not becoming a thing. Um that the art was almost more gritty than what was actually being told. And yeah, I, and I hope he figures it out because the, these first couple arcs, I'm like, Oh man, get, get through this, get, get to something. Um, and you, that's, you, <laughs> you opened with dragging your mother's dead body in a coffin through the desert <laughs> instead of having that in the middle. <laughs> and, and that, that's really what it was is that, I expected more from Zdarsky and you know, the night wasn't disappointing, but it wasn't great. And then when he took over Batman proper, we got fail safe, which just feels like it would have come out of like justice league unlimited cartoons Mm. or it would have felt like something, you know, it's just feels like it feels like like nineties or two thousands Grant Morrison Batman more than what I would expect for groundbreaking work from Zdarsky. So I think, I think that's the thing, you know, high, high pedestal for a writer. Yep. And then I feel like ungroundbreaking work. And that is just, and that's the thing. When you think highly of a writer, you expect big things. Yep. Um, which just, it's hard to turn that off. It is like, I can't be like, Oh, it's Zdarsky's first Batman run. Let's just give him low expectations. No, (laughs) no, (laughs) sorry, friend. (laughs) Listen, I don't care what he's drawing. I expect anything Jim Lee draws to be fantastic. You don't yeah. you don't you don't get to be artist alley and be Jim Lee. <laughs> <laughs> That's that that was that was my biggest letdown, I would say, overall. All right. All right. Are, are you ready? I, I don't ready. know if anyone's ready. All right, look. Need need you to like look at look at the screen and lean in a little bit. Every single event that Marvel and DC did this year should not have existed. And I'm not even remotely sorry for saying it because what the actual crap happened this year, you two, like sometimes I expect the summer events to be like, okay, I get it. You want me to buy 47 covers of this book, but even secret empire, which I didn't love, I read nothing any of you did this year made me even want to pick it up because in titling and concept like DC's on, you know, dark infinite crises on multiple universe worlds, part 47. Um, I just couldn't care. And that's not a good look when you technically are supposed to have multiple lines that are leading into an event that makes you want to care. Almost nobody talked about the events this year. Over to the Marvel side, you gave us supposedly what's supposed to be a huge X-Men event that for those of you that love X-Men, I'm glad somebody does. But Judgment Day did zero for me. And to be fair, I did read the first books of all these events being like, you've got one chance. And none of them made me want to pick up another. You only get one shot. Do not miss your chance to blow. Yeah. (laughs) What can I say? Also copyright <laughs> no I'm, I'm, I'm gonna milk all these musical copyrights man oh, that's fine um uh, do you remember when jackie uh craft did uh the cosplay melee show yes um she said the only way that they could get privacy um 
like because the cameras were always on them she said the only way they could catch a breath was to start singing disney songs right because the mouse would come and be like no uh because they said <laughs> they said they had to cut footage anytime they started singing disney songs so they would intentionally just start singing frozen and stuff like so they could get a breath literally let it go huh see what i did there yeah it's good um <laughs> but no man i I want to enjoy an event because technically some of the best legacy stories in comics came from events, right? Right. Um, Technically, a lot of stuff that we make into blockbuster comic book movies were based on event arcs um, or started in an event arc. Um, And the last few years have just made me want to bang my head on the table. But this year, especially, I was just like, I'm not about it, fam. I'm not giving you five to eight dollars a book for something that's just not good i did it with dark crisis i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) how does that that make you feel (laughs) i just feel like dark like outside and was potentially graphic discussion just for if you're sensitive to this uh you get you see uh and one of the Dark Crisis issues, you sit Beast Boy take a bullet directly to the face at point blank range. Ooh, okay. And that literally was that. I was like, oh, like, geez. <laughs> earning earning our broody stripes early in this one, yes. And it's just like, you know, I saw that and I was like, oh my gosh, y'all did a thing. And like, that caught me off. But like, then by the next issue, that didn't matter. Oh, and mm. well, because that's the thing, because he's a shapeshifter, he can sh- shape shift internal organs to where he needs to now. OK. And it was always suspected, but never confirmed. But he was down for a significant count healing. Uh, So sure. But yeah, so I was I, like, they, they killed the entire Justice League in one issue. Right. And set this and that was a setup. That was that that even wasn't even in the event. That technically was a setup to the event. And then it's just like and, and all the stuff that follows is just like and then it's like psych, they're not dead. They're yeah, in no from whatever. Dead. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know. If you got if you you got skin in the game, you win in the game. Come on, guys. <laughs> so I'm I'm sorry, not sorry that I just have to be that. There were some really great events in Rebirth. Um, and this year just was supposed to, for me, this was supposed to be return to form because, like I said, you know, during pencils down, during COVID and everything, fine. But um, that means technically you probably were executing on stuff that was on the drawing board two years ago. Mm-hmm. And this is what you delivered. <laughs> um, so, yeah. All right shake it off get the bad stuff out we're done um let's let's talk about what excited us about comics for 2022 now that we've like literally been like wow congratulations comics eh. and so yeah we talk the next three categories best plot biggest surprise and best series so what made you go okay um that was a thing but in a good way um just out the gate, I think the Batman One Bad Day uh, runs like as yeah. a concept that they're going to highlight. Because listen, this is the uh, this is the opposite of what we just talked about. 
Right. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, where instead of giving us these ongoing tied together things that you have to spend $500 to read the whole story. Um, they're saying, Hey, we're going to take one concept, apply it to each major villain in the DC catalog or in the Batman catalog and give them a single issue. If one of them's bad, it's okay because I don't have to f- read four more of them. Um, <laughs> uh, and what we've read four of these so far, right? Uh, Riddler, Two-Face, Penguin, and Mr. Freeze. Yes, Freeze just came out. Freeze just came out. Um, Now, here's the deal. All of them are not on the same level. Mm -hmm. But even the worst one of them is well-written. Yes. Um, Like, I feel currently, like, Two-Face is the weakest link in the the chain. Um, So far, I would probably agree. And, like, uh, but that's the thing. Like, each one of them has given us a different perspective and layer. I feel like that's fair. I feel like each one of them has given us a layer we didn't previously have. And even if it's not a canon layer that sticks out, like you and I were talking before the podcast, just of the fact that you don't like the Mr. Freeze issue because you don't like the layer it added. Uh, And because of instead of everything being motivated by Mr. Freeze's altruistic love for his wife and regret, he's really a controlling manipulative douche waffle that wants her to be on ice so that he can just have further control and she not be enjoyed by other people. Like I just realized this as we, you said all of that, but besides all of that being, you know, the truth for, for the Mr. Freeze issue and being kind of the twist, because one bad day have all been kind of a unique twist on things is that Mr. Freeze literally fridged his own wife. Um, <sighs> right. <sighs> Uh. <laughs> and I'm not sorry for that for that analogy now that I've realized it either because that's, I'm pretty sure that's because that's intentional right no that the point of the story is the opposite that for me I've always enjoyed that um Dr. Freeze was the one rogue in the gallery that up to date you've actually kind of felt bad for um And that supposedly his drive is that he's trying to figure out his wife and basically crime is paying for his ability to do sciencey stuff and everything. And it's supposed to be a tragic story and everything. And this time around we get the, or he really is a controlling manipulative fool. And this is just the ultimate technical term is douche waffle. Yes. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) The Polis podcast douche waffle of the year award goes to, (laughs) um victor freeze in one bad day because yeah so i this is a great example of i didn't love this take on it i understand the take on it but hector's here to to talk about it but i I just think the idea of them giving us good one shots is smart yep and if you and giving us a deeper giving us something intentionally we don't already have about that character. Um, yeah. And I think they've done that well across the board. So I'm really looking forward. I'm really looking forward to Bane. Don't let me down. Um, right. Because um, Bane has the, has one of the greatest potentials of being a letdown. Uh, Bane and Hush for me are like, if you screw this up, I'm sad at you. Um, but so, and then my runner up concept was, um, I think it was Human Target. I think that's what I said. Yep. Yeah, uh, was Human Target. Um, just because uh, it's a book that's long been dead. It's a TV show that's long been canceled. Um, 
and bringing it back, but bringing it back in current times with a gritty noir take. It's just, it's a good idea. Um, putting, Tom King has those occasionally. He does. Sometimes. Put, putting them against like each issue is a different uh, special guest of the week type thing. Kind of right. a brave and the bold vibe. Uh, gritty romance across the board. Knowing that your character is dying out the gate. I was just like, I just think it was a good concept. Um, not, not And realistically, it's not going to be for everybody. So there's people that are going to be bored to tears reading this. But I think <laughs> it's visually... And story-wise, it's one of the best concepts of the year in terms of like this is just well done. And but yeah, it's I just think it's one of the best concepts. And I find between this and Nightwing, this is the one I take the most pictures of, or I screenshot the most of, like when I'm reading it, just because the writing is that good. So that that's that those are my best concepts of the year. I think the two of those sure um, across the board of something fresh. I think I had trouble wrapping my head around best concept because I want to put stuff that I just like in my, well, it's the best series, but that's not always true, right? Mm -hmm. So Hector broke my my very simplistic approach and made me think about this. And so both of my books are books that have been on my list throughout the year, but are not ones that I've visited since I've mentioned them because I put them on my list because I read the first issue and went, okay, I'm here let's go and so that first one is slumber if you remember slumber from image is like super mature kind of ultra violent but it's inception but more complicated that it's about the basically the people that can navigate dreams and execute like the nightmares and dreams and stuff because inception was a little too simple yeah um well you know um to make it more complicated you know it still has the tied things of like if you die in the dream you die in the dream type thing but it's technically about this organization of you know like nightmare hunters like we can make stuff go away and it unfolds into this entire thing of well there's a bad actor that's been trapped in dreams for a while that is now hunting the hunters kind of thing um and I'm like, in terms of concepts that I picked up a comic and went, what the actual what? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm going to finish this in trade for me because I've just missed a bunch of issues and everything. But as a setup, I'm like, yep, mm-hmm, yep, mm-hmm. Uh, I'm tracking. It's a cool idea of the monster under your bed literally can get knocked out in a dream by dream assassins. Okay. That's dope. Um, but there's more to it. There's, there's lots of that onion to peel back. And so I'm here for, I I think we've established I'm the weird reader. (laughs) Maybe, um, some of my stuff makes people go, what? So slumber was definitely one of mine, but I had a runner up in this category too. And that's because, uh, grim, uh, that I've mentioned a few times of the Reaper that loses their um, scythe and ends up back in the real world. Um, but it's also dealing with the, they're the only Reaper that doesn't know why, how they died. And so there's the unpacking of that um, and everything going on there. And also, you know, our, our friend Rico colors it. So I'm. It, it's this where I have to put like, paid sponsor like under my post kind of thing except he didn't pay us we just like rico um fair and it's a pretty book and all that but i like this concept of there are multiple reapers um 
and there are things that tie them to death, but also tie them to the real world. And this entire journey is kind of working out that relationship and the mystery of that one Reaper of why she doesn't know who she is. We find out who she is and we've mentioned it in a previous episode, so I won't revisit it here. So if you're just listening to, you know, our our polls of our picks of the year, then I didn't spoil it for you. Congrats. Um, so Slumber and Grim kind of make my uh, plot concept of the year category for this. So biggest surprise. <laughs> See, it was shocking. Surprising, maybe. No, fine. Mm-mm. All right. Well, what was what was that surprise for you this year, Hector? Uh, I'm going to add a runner up that's not on the list. Just said, how up. dare you fight me? Um, <laughs> so, uh, I'll say, uh, and you know, I like to dabble a little in the mangas. Um, he does. It's a true story in the manga. Um, spy family for me, um, or spy X family. I've never actually known what the proper way to say that out loud was. I but, think we lost all of our credibility at this point, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Cool. Cause I, I always called it spy family. Yeah. Um, but um, I did not see that story coming and I did not see caring and uh, it, it did it. Um, yeah. Like, because of you talking about it, I ended up going and like watching the entire first season, not reading. I'm probably going to read it now too, but I watched the entire first season, like in a sitting. <laughs> well, and I haven't heard the English version of it. Like I've only heard the it's Japanese. Good. Okay. And that's the thing. It's, it's actually one of those that is well done simulcast. Um, I don't hate it. Okay. But, uh, and that's, it's just one of those things that, like, I, I, if you would have told me I would have picked up a new manga this year, it wouldn't have been that. Sounds um, fair. and that my, you know, and I got into it because my kids liked it and I'm really grateful. And, uh, it just straight up was a surprise to me of its existence and how good it was. And, uh, you know, that I'm, consi- I've already, I bought all the manga that followed after the show and, you know, staying on that, but it's also, it's also a good surprise in that it's fresh. Like you're on, you're, you're still in single digits on the books. Yeah. Um, so like if you're trying to catch up, you got time. Um, so that, that was a good surprise for me. And then I'm just going to go ahead and add the red hood and the outlaws on webtoon. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been reading webtoon for a minute because of lore Olympus, which by the way, it won a Harvey year for the best digital content. Um, for uh comics um lore olympus did not what red hood um that's not confusing yeah sorry uh but uh if you would have told me that we were getting dc proper books on webtoons like i would have been like no that's not that's not how that works <laughs> but um not only is it how it works it's uh really well done in the concept of it's one of my favorite things of the week. And because I get red hood on a weekly basis and it comes to me free. Um, and I can read that. And like, again, it's, I, I'm a picture taker, screenshotter, memer when it comes to a lot of stuff that I like. And I end up red hood and the outlaws is right there with Nightwing and a human target. As far as I'm, I want to hold on to this content. Um, And just on a digital note of just like the actual response to it um, for the 17 issues that exist on webtoons for Red Hood and the Outlaws, these numbers might moderately impress you. um, It has 2.9 million views. Whoa, that's 
based on how many let's just say they're not publishing that many anything in print right it has 2.9 million views um uh 263,000 uh people that have downloaded them that would be closer to a publication number but definitely nowhere near that many people actually pull a thing and its rating is a 9.51 um comparatively so it doesn't suck it doesn't suck and and you know i was telling you a little bit of the plot but the plot starts out of them of the outlaws and by the way I will die on this hill any given day. Um, Bizarro, Artemis, and Red Hood are the best version of the Outlaws because they are the echo of the DC proper trinity. You've got a failed Superman, a failed Wonder Woman, and a failed Batman. And the fact that uh, since the DC proper book of um, Red Hood and the Outlaws died, Artemis has been further disgraced, Mm. which makes her even more of the black sheep but the 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 concept of this is legitimately that they screw up a mission um and the justice league comes to kick him in the um spiritual cojones and <laughs> oh, <laughs> that t-shirt that would be available be, that would be <sighs> such a good episode name but i'm not doing it <laughs> uh, <laughs> the t-shirt will be available immediately after um yes merchandising merchandising um but uh, the Justice League comes to like you know tell them you know y'all suck stop it. But instead, <laughs> stop. <laughs> well, that's what it comes down to. It's like y'all suck stop. But then and like Jason calls Batman's bluff, and so they end up giving them the Justice League. Like the DC Trinity leaves the planet and says, "Hey, the Justice League is yours. The Watchtower, the resources, everything else. You're the Justice League. Prove us you don't suck. Don't screw and, up." And literally, the current issue they ended up in hell. And so yeah. Uh, it's it's good. It's heartwarming. The art now here. My only only negative. Um, if you've read webtoons or you're familiar with a lot of the current like anime art style, where all the boys are extremely pretty boys, like all that that kind of vibe that transcends this sometimes, and you get a very like. Jojo's Bizarre Adventure version of Jason at some point. Um, <laughs> okay. Of just yeah. like yep. pose. Got like it. Like that. It, it's like, that's my only negative, but it's great. That's my, that's my other big surprise. All right. Surprises. Some of you are going to hate me <laughs> um, because my surprise of the year um, was the latest Fantastic Four number one. Um which Hector and I fought over for poll of that week <laughs> in the last episode. Um, and the reason that's my surprise is kind of along the lines of what I mentioned during the event issue, but different in that the fantastic four and the X-Men had like 47 different starts this year. It feels that way. At least um, I swear fantastic four, this might've been the third number one this year alone in trying to restart that arc. Um, Especially if you count new fantastic four as well. Right. And so sorry, Todd, I just didn't love it until now. Todd loves the fantastic four and we love you, Todd, because you fill in when Chris can't be here. Um, but one of the many reasons we love, right. But this surprised me because I picked it up and it didn't suck. And 
not only did it not suck, it's not like, oh, it surprised me just because it was mediocre. It was really good. I like Ben Grimm stories. I like Ben, even though the entire world knows who he is, still gets the, you're a big rock monster. <laughs> and people just don't know what to do with that. Um, and also his marriage is just very, it's very sweet. It's a cool look. I have always loved his relationship um, because she's blind is kind of the part to it. And so there's this juxtaposition, ooh, big word, um, of she knows who and what he is and loves him anyway, but she also can't see him all the time. So Ben's also super insecure about that relationship because of that. But they're like, Rockstar as a couple. And this book just killed it and made you feel all warm and fuzzy inside. And for me, um, Fantastic Four is supposed to feel that way. The first family of Marvel always has these stories that ground you in reality, um, but also have these extra crazy things going on in them. So I hope they don't screw this up going forward is where I'm at. But that was the start. And it surprised me because, frankly, Marvel's not handled um, the Fantastic Four well in a while. Um, so I'm here for this to continue to surprise me, and I want it to be one of my favorite series next year. So we will see. And if they can write each character with the depth they wrote these characters, right? I'm here for it. Yep. Like that. If each issue stays in this general ballpark, I will pick this up every month. Right. Yeah, no, same for sure. So that was my surprise. And now the moment that maybe just Hector and I have been waiting for and a handful of other people. I was but, about to say, I don't think everybody's <laughs> waiting for this. Um, <laughs> but if you want to know, oh. and of course the reality is if you've been listening to us, you probably have an idea what what's going to be on this list, but best series. Uh, we didn't do like a best standalone book this year. And I kind of dig that because series is probably more fair because it's something that you more consistently have picked up and enjoyed. Um, so Hector, um, what what was the thing that made you keep going back and and picking it up and why? Dude, Nightwing um, was my book of the year, and I don't obviously if you've listened to this at all, you that's not a surprise. And here's the deal: I don't even love Nightwing. Like <laughs> I, I don't even I don't even love Nightwing. Like it's like I've got let's say forty Red Hood figures and one Nightwing. Um, so it's yeah, like, that so being straight straight laced dick grayson does does not seem to be your wheelhouse no <laughs> no it's not um i've got two now because i've got that uh if i follow the camera finger right there boop i've got the nightwing that's on the gotham knight statue but like um <laughs> he came with the set <laughs> he came with the set because you know why i bought that because of jason todd yeah um, right but uh like legitimately um outside of the fear state tie-ins which i think was is that last year at this point i can't remember um, i'm losing track but i i feel like it it probably was who knows? i was look i was looking back through some of our notes i think it was either very early this year or late last year yeah um outside of the couple fear street tie-ins fear street no <laughs> fear state tie-ins um nightwing has consistently been one of the best books of all companies right now. Um, and it, it gave us the hope and, uh, 
like humanity that um Batman lacks and that any bat story lacks honestly um it gave us genuine relationships with Barbara Gordon who mm. even in this storyline referenced her own fridging um and which was great uh it gave us uh Nightwing having a sister a half sister by Tony Zuko um which is its own crazy bananas thing um but she's also really cool and i enjoyed her i gave uh the villain heartless which is genuinely terrifying um and uh which is kind of weird though because he plays out a same similar trait of one of the villains in the new Azrael story and i feel like editorial should have caught that and done something different um um but Nightwing did it first. Uh, it gave us Blockbuster uh, and like actually the death of Blockbuster as well. Uh, again, which is, we've seen in Nightwing stories before, but he's like legit back now. Um, but it's just it's been steadily developed to the best art, the best humanity, um, just the sweetest moments. It's also been one of the best for giving love and reverence and references to previous creators and storylines as well. Um, like they've just been really, really dope in the development. So Tom Taylor has been killing it with that. Um, and at the last episode, we, uh, and the last episode we talked about it, like I was like deeply concerned because the episode ended with Rick Grayson showing up. Right. Uh, right. Um, and then the internet right after that exploded because a page of this issue got out. Of the newest one. Um, so do you know what the, the whole deal is? Okay. No, I've been, I've been, I, Nightwing isn't on my list, except for the fact that apparently I need to read it because you keep telling me to, Todd keeps telling me to, other people keep telling me to, and look, I don't give in to peer pressure, but fine, I'll do it this time. Just make sure you start with leaping into the light and just yep. go from there. Yep. Um, so... Rick Grayson shows up in the middle of Barbara and him having a moment and it's a whole weird thing. And he, and Nightwing's like, what the actual crap is happening? And he's like, and he's like, you can't be like, what, what's going on? And then he poofs and turns into nineties Nightwing with the ponytail and the mullet. Yeah. And he's like, and the deep V neck and the deep V neck. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, what is happening? He's like, and then he poofs one more time and he's a fifth dimensional imp like Batmite. Okay, I'm okay with this. That <laughs> and he's, thank thank God. <laughs> and then he's like, Oh, I have a fifth dimensional imp. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, and he's called Nightmite. And um <gasps> Like dead serious, <laughs> not kidding. Not dead serious, not kidding. And he hates it. He hates it so much. Um so Nightwing is like straight up upset that he's got a fifth dimensional imp. Um, <laughs> That's so good. That and, like that would have been a surprise for me. <laughs> but OK. Um, and he's like, you know what? You, he goes on. He's like, this creative team has been killing it all year. Uh, and, right? But he, he says that and he's like, let's go ahead and give the fans. Um, no. Uh, and then Barbara shows up. She's like, you have an imp and freaks out about it and she's just thinks it's great and um he's like you know what we've really appreciated you but the the page that got everybody upset 
like I literally saw this on Twitter that Nightwing was tw- trending on Twitter, mm. which is super rare, um, because she said I always shipped him with Starfire, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and he says that to Barbara's face, and so like like the shipping community of the internet was very upset. Um, and by the way, if you don't know this and you're not a 12 year old person, um, shipping is when you feel very passionately about what relationships people should be in because you can't control your own. Um, womp womp. Womp womp. Uh, but then he said, he proceeds, <laughs> he's like, you know what? Your story, I was like, Barbara, I've appreciated your story and this, <laughs> how this is gone, but there needs to be more progression. So he poofs, and the entire Bat family is around them, and like a, a wedding is happening. Yo, <laughs> and he's like, "What? No!" And Barbara's like, "No!" And he's like, "Not yet." She's like, "Not yet." He's like, "Later." <laughs> and but then it's not just an image; like the whole Bat family is literally there, and Batman starts to break on him for like what the actual crap. And he's like, he poofs him back. He poofs Barbara back, but. It, this night might showed up because there's a little girl uh, who is in danger with some demony stuff and he needs Nightwing to save her. Um, because how I mentioned that Blockbuster died, Blockbuster had previously made a pact with a demon and then renegotiated his mortgage with that pact to go to his firstborn child. And so he <laughs> failed it. So he purposely had a child just to take his demon pact. And so now that that he's dead, demons are coming for this little girl, mm. and he then Night might need her to save. So fun stuff, but it's been the best book like consistently. Like out of let's say twelve issues, nine of them have been complete bangers, and the three that weren't the best were still good. Um, and I'll add for my runner up as uh, Catwoman Lonely City, which was uh, delightful. Which was delightful, and my only reason for not putting it as the best is one quantity. It was only four issues. Um, and two waiting three months at a time. I literally forgot about it. Um, yeah, that one was hard to keep track of because of that. That was definitely one of those. I was like, okay, did it, is it dead? Is it, it, what's happening? Is it canceled? It's that kind of thing. And I only found the fourth issue on the, um, old issues shelf at my store. Mm. Like I didn't even notice it happened. Um, that story was great. Um, and honestly, my favorite thing is the the way they did Ivy in that story was my favorite. And um, and if I were to throw a third runner up, it would How be the Poison, Ivy, the Poison <laughs> Ivy series. Yeah, we talked uh, about that last episode. So, yeah, and that would that would have been my third runner up. Um, but yeah, good. All right. Uh, my best series of the year should come as absolutely no surprise to anyone. But Seven Secrets, which. I'm pretty sure it did technically start last year, but that's fine because it completed this year and it ran most of the year into its completion. And this boom studio book has just had me since the beginning, like super vibrant art, this really creative story of all these pairs of people that are, there's one person that carries a secret and there are seven. Um, and then there's a protector of the person of the case. And there's this all out secret society war that unfolds during it. And, we talked about the conclusion a few episodes ago about there. There's just some neat twists and turns throughout the story. It's very visceral in like <laughs> the secret society's war basically engulfs the world by the middle of this story. And the world's just kind of like, okay. <laughs> um, 
So it's fun, it, but it it does have some great twists in it and makes you kind of think about some things along the journey. And I think that if that's not the point of comics and serial storytelling, I'm not sure what is. Um, so for me, it just encapsulated so much of what I want out of comics, which is either super out there or at the same time, like super crazy out there story, but also really grounded because it this story was about relationships um, because there were some very estranged ones throughout the entire thing. And then when you find out kind of the pinnacle of the story, you sit there and go, oh, oh. <laughs> and so you understand some choices that people made that originally didn't seem to make sense or were counterintuitive. And you now, and because the main character goes through that, entire arc of figuring that out themselves so this book was also consistent through and through because we just talked about you know books that kind of ebbed and flowed this one i don't think took much of a break anywhere during uh its run so you should be able to pick up and is this also tom taylor yes right i should sorry i have to pull but i'm pretty sure because that was the other thing is tom's just been writing lots of really good stuff right and I think this is that's one of the many reasons. Yeah, Tom Taylor. Um, so our two books of the year are both Taylor. Are <laughs> we, both Tom Taylor. And once again, because this happens every single year, Hector and I did not talk about this in advance. Um, we love each other, but not enough to have conversations that aren't on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> I don't I don't see you calling me anytime. Oh, <sighs> All right, we'll have to finish this off air. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you, sir? Oh. Uh, but yeah, Tom Taylor definitely nailing it this year, clearly. And then my runner-up, and it just finished, um, but it's another one of those, it ran short, but Scott Snyder's uh, Dark Space's Wildfire, which like none of us knew we were even getting this year, that we were getting a Scott Snyder book, just... It, five issues front to back great story um so for me i like a series that, that is that clean that it's like here's the thing here's the idea i get it it's executed it had turns in it and it's only five issues that was the me love in the dark that's how i felt about that um so yeah if you're looking for something that's a really good isolated story and isn't that long Dark Spaces Wildfire, if you're looking for that longer burn. Um, yeah, there you go. Uh, Seven Secrets ended up being kind of my long-term thing here. And like TMNT Ronin like, is maybe my third runner-up because I enjoyed it. It was fun. It was, it was wild, but some of this other stuff just kind of ratcheted above. So I guess even though we said there was a lot of meh this year, there were some diamonds in the rough, but most of them were either isolated books um, or short series. And that's kind of what happened for us. So yeah. Um, a meh year turned into a pretty good one. Um, by the end, one shoulder up, one hand up. (laughs) Um, so Hector to, to kind of close out the 2022 season and everything, how about you run through, cause you posted to the community, um, the question of, you know, what did you guys kind of dig? So kind of walk us through, uh, um, what our lovely listeners had to say. And to be fair, uh, I didn't post this until like neck deep into Thanksgiving. So if you missed on the opportunity to do this, um, 
my bad. Um, so, uh, Kevin Conley, um, uh, <laughs> he gave us his top 10. So, uh, let's run through Kevin's top 10. He had Shang-Chi. All 10. All 10. We're going to do it. Let's do it. Shang-Chi, Monkey Prince, um, which I've heard that one consistently as well. Yes. Um, that Monkey Prince is worth a read. Yeah, the distaste of Marvel in my mouth from this year is why basically <laughs> some of the books on his list, I was like, I guess I'll go back because I wasn't giving you my money this year. Yeah. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> um, Batman One Bad Day, which we've spoken of. Yep, for sure. Uh, World, World's Finest, which I've heard from him and Todd. Yeah, a few people told us that supposedly we need to be reading World's Finest. And I mean, Mark Wade is super talented and I probably just frankly slept on this one. Um, well, there's, there's a, there's a taste, like an aftertaste to world's finest right now. That's Just fair. Because we've had so many Batman Superman things in a minute. Um, that it's weird. Um, the flash, which kind of surprised me. You weren't about that life right now. I almost didn't read it this year because after, um, the team changed, it just didn't hit the same for me anymore. And I found it really hard to stay in it, which depresses me because Barry Allen is, is is my boy that's one of my favorite characters and i so this is another i might have to figure out where it finds its legs again um because i got really turned off um during the the transition of teams on this one uh because it was handled so well for so long and then i read the first arc and went what happened yeah and that and that's team changes are hard yep. uh, uh junkyard joe which is robot show uh a robot soldier story, GI Joe, Saturday morning adventures. And you know what? GI Joe still hits real hard for some folks. Um, our friends, Candace and Russell still do like full GI Joe stuff all the time. And they're Um, great. Yeah. And there was an RPG of that this year. So clearly GI Joe's getting that, getting them dollars this year. (laughs) Right. Um, Captain America, symbol of truth and Captain America, Sentinel of Liberty. So you get all three, versions of cap and those she hulk and she hulk was real close on my list too um i but because we don't have a solid conclusion uh mm-hmm. to anything i didn't put it on there yet but uh and he also on, put an honorable mention for strange academy which i know hits for you as well yeah strange academy almost made my list for a series this year as well but it kind of trailed off that was one of those that and here's the thing and i'll say this about strange academy is it was only supposed to be the limited and then it was so well received that they extended it into an ongoing. And at first I was super excited and about a three quarters of the way into where we are today, I went, maybe this should have stayed a limited. <laughs> um, because I think the art is still great. I still love the concept, but I felt like we were starting to lose the thread of the stories that they were telling and them having relevance for me, but it still was a super fun journey. Like Hogwarts for the magical users and mutants of the Marvel universe. Yes, please. Yeah. Um, Todd uh, uh, mentioned the Supergirl mini, which he also put me on, which is like literally the. um, No, you can't see it, but it's like my my lock screen on my phone. Yeah, you can't see that. Yeah, you can't Um, see that. (laughs) uh, But it was it was a good storytelling piece. Um, And that's Tom King, right? Yeah, it's Tom King. And uh, it was an eight girl story. Uh, The graphic pulls out really well. So pick up the graphic if you're interested. Um, Do a power bomb, he mentioned, um, which. I'm into that as well, but uh, you, as you mentioned earlier, I missed some issues, mm-hmm. and I'm going to need to pick, pick it up and trade. I can't get that one on my shelf, and um, I was already three issues deep by the time I wanted to put it on my list. Um, missing. 
Uh, he also mentioned Fantastic, which, you know, Fantastic Four for him. And there was that Alex Ross piece mm-hmm. that came from that. It was really good. Um, the Massiverse, uh, you know, the Radiant Black, Rogue Sun, the Dead Lucky. Those are have been some that have pulled together really well. Todd also mentions the One More Days and the Monkey Prince. You know, again, we're hitting more. Uh, Duo for Milestone, he said, was good. Um, Twig, which... I, I mentioned, them. yeah, I mentioned it when it started. It's one I'm probably going to end up getting in trade. It is beautiful. Um, and the first issue is pretty good, but that was another that just keeping it consistently was, was something I had difficulty with as well. So some of that's also just been getting comics, you know, <laughs> quick bullet point. Um, it's been a thing this year um, between shipping and just um, distribution issues. So I guess we're back to normal. <laughs> yep. Um but he also mentioned Human Target, Defenders Beyond, uh, Step by Bloody Step. Um, but he does go, he does land firmly that Supergirl is his book of the year. Um, and I could totally see that. Um, and so that is a thing. And then Dave Mattingly said that one of his favorite things was the relaunch of Moon Knight. Um, and started great. Started and great. Everyone's probably like, why wasn't it on your list? Well, that's why. <laughs> um, but, you know, specifically, he mentions uh, Hunter's Moon, which I think Hunter's Moon was a fantastic addition. As a character. Yes. Yep. Um, Zodiac um, as a villain. And, uh, and the Midnight, the Midnight Mission. Mission returning. Yeah. Yeah. The way it did as a sentient being and stuff was really pretty dope. And, um, you know, I just thought it was neat. So those are some of the feedback we got from the community as well. But, you know. And there's uh, some good stuff there. And it demonstrates what we've always said, because I say it usually in copy and in the middle of our episodes of we probably missed something <laughs> or you just don't agree with us. And that's fine. And that's part of the joy of comics and everything is that everyone has slightly different tastes, but it's kind of neat when you see similar things come up over and over again, because it means that those creative teams are really putting out something that everyone found something in. And the fact that Tom Taylor was both of our books of the year and telling completely different stories. Like, let's even go there for like just a second is that mine was like this super wild fantasy dystopian future type thing. And then Nightwing. He also threw in, you know, deceased in this mix, too. But I, that one didn't make my list. But right. So crazy stuff there. All right. Hector, final thoughts on 2022. Um, I'm not looking forward to the events of next year. Ah, <laughs> the, no the 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 one event that's announced for DC. Oh yeah, no, basically, yeah, the Lazarus Planet thing. Yeah, um, yeah. So they're doing exactly what they did with Rebirth, and there's kind of like a new timeline and everything. So I I get the feeling it's a potential universal reboot, but they haven't really said, and it is early, but. Yeah, it's hard to get excited when someone has to explain their continuity with really long timeline graphics. <laughs> the whole thing that DC had said a few years ago of let's just declare everything continuity, but in different universes. I kind of want you to go back there, DC. Tell short stories that are neat, interesting. They're all valid, but we just acknowledge that there's a multiverse present. Um like dark metal kind of did a good job of almost like making that full continuity um, and did in many ways and wasn't super painful. (laughs) Um, But this dark crisis is on infinite planet earths and Lazarus, whatever's does kind of make my head hurt. 
Um, I'm also looking forward to, I want some more Yara floor. Where the crap are you? Um, like there's some Amazon attack stuff and everything, but like, and she had a limited run, but I don't think they've used her potential. Mm. Um, and also like, we're at the point where in what feels like almost every story where Renee has replaced Jim, like Renee Montoya is now the head honcho over Jim Gordon, like and Gotham Knights, she's the commissioner um mm. and or she's the main cop or whatever but like you know the in gcpd or whatever now um blue line she's the commissioner it's just like we've arrived at that place and you know i want renee montoya to have good things in life but i you know i want what i want <laughs> i want her i want her back in a mask um but you know i 2023 you know we'll see there's nothing like dramatically on my uh radar but you know here's hoping <laughs> yeah i i think that's the spot here's hoping so that is going to do it for us here at the polis podcast episode 80 end of 2022 is now in the books and in your ears and in your eyeballs it's true we're on the youtubes so smash like and subscribe um but we couldn't possibly do this alone. As many of you know, we take this epic journey of podcasts and fandom with lots of other amazing podcasts over on the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. So you can check all those shows out over at lovethynerd.com for more info, previous episodes, or maybe find yourself a little something new this holiday season to add to your routine. But ultimately, end of the day, Hector and I just want to thank you for choosing us as your primary comic book knowledge factory on a near weekly basis. We did pretty good this year. Um, I got busy a few places. Todd jumped right in and covered us down. So we had us a solid year. And man, we just want to thank all of you for that. So don't leave us hanging. Rate, review the show on your favorite podcasting app of choice. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio. Now, as I mentioned over there on the YouTubes. So just just help some brothers out um, and share the love of comics with someone that you love this season. Uh, So thanks for listening. And remember, kids, read read more more comics. comics. See you in 2023. Wink. Gang, gang. I'm going to take all seven continents of the game of risk.